When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. <laughs> Welcome to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Here's the deal. You put down a deposit, you could get up to $1,000 in free plays, but you got to be 21 and up, Arizona only, new customers only. All right. With Brad Alice, I am Mike Luke. We've got a lot to get to today. As you saw in the thumbnail, we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting, but Arizona Duke is where we're going to start off with, but through much, uh, through much demand, Brad Alice has his latest podcast up. Brad, where can they find it? Hey, yeah, it's on Apple, it's on Anchor, it's on Spotify, and now, as of last week, back on uh, Google, uh, as, as I got that little RSS feed uh, fixed. So yeah, it's kind of everywhere you can get podcasts, and uh, of course, okay. I link it to Twitter and Facebook and all of that. So yeah, check it out. All right, so Arizona Duke, I mean, let's be honest here. The thing that I, I liked so much about the Lute Olsen era, amongst many things, was that Lute scheduled tough. Loot wanted to go against the best teams out there, and you could make the case that a lot of times Loot's teams peaked, but it didn't. It didn't matter because you were going to play the best. We haven't had anything like this since really the North Carolina home and home, or maybe the Kansas home and home, where you're going into one of the absolute blue bloods of college basketball, maybe the blue blood. And kudos for both sides for getting this one done. Yeah, you know, we're, I think we're seeing a shift slightly in in college basketball where the home and home is becoming more attractive and and frankly, I didn't never quite understood why TV liked the neutral site games so much when it was a one-off. I right. understand going to Vegas for a doubleheader or a triple header where you can send one crew right. to, to to run the game. But what looks better on TV? A game, you know, at the United Center with a bunch of empty seats because Bulls fans aren't going to go to that game or a game at McHale and a game at Cameron and a game. in you know, I, I, I was at the game in what? Oh, three in, in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Best the environment, game. the Saleem game, best environment I've ever been in. Right. Uh, Crowd wise. Right. Um, so I think it's great, especially if we continue to see the lack of regionality in college athletics. Uh, you know, I said this on on Twitter and on my podcast. I'd really like to see the top 10, 12, 14 programs form a loose alliance where they just agree to play home and homes against each other, one home, one away each year. You know, have Arizona, uh, you know, Arizona's kind of doing it with Indiana right now uh, a little bit. I know some of those are neutral site games, but, you know, how would, cool would it be to have Duke here next year and then go to Bloomington or right. Duke here and go to 
you know, fog out, even though, you know, who knows, that might be a conference game in two years. Um, you know, make, make it, make it happen. Uh, you know, I think, again, I think it makes much better television. Where did we get to the point where it was cool not to schedule, where it was basically, all right, everybody just do Jim Booheen. And, uh, you know, to quote our good guy, Uncle Ke- or our friend right there, Uncle Kev, and not play anybody. When did that become almost just accepted that, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? We're not going to, I mean, wh- what are we supposed to play tough teams and then hurt our resume? Well, you know where that started was uh, John Thompson. Right. When they played Hawaii Hilo. Um, <laughs> the rivalry game? Yes. Uh, yeah. But now, but what happened is, again, if, if, if you're, and again, Coach K was notorious for this. If I'm already doing the ACC challenge and I'm just going to schedule games in recruiting hotbeds or I'm not leaving the state of North Carolina because I don't, you know, I've got three tough road games in the ACC. I mean, ACC is a really good conference, but uh, in years where Georgia Tech's down, that's that's a, that's a home game for Duke. Right. In years where, you know, Virginia Tech fans can be rowdy, but you can also pack 3,000 Duke fans in their arena. Um, you know, some t- coaches always schedule tough. Right. Um, you know, Bill Self schedules tough. Hmm. Izzo. No, he, he – they're strategic. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, we're going to play a bunch of tough teams. Oh, but we're going to pad the resume with the Colorados and the ASUs. Right which look good on paper, but you know, Kansas has gone and, and played a bunch of tough teams. Uh, Izzo always plays some tough teams and um, you know, Carolina does, you know, Arizona didn't do it as much under Miller. And some of that was again, Duke wouldn't come to Tucson. Right. And there were a lot of times Duke proposed you come to the East coast and then we'll meet you at a neutral court in the Midwest. Um, you know, and other teams did that too. Other teams weren't afraid. You know, Miller scheduled the home and home to his credit with Florida, but that was the exception that proved the rule. When Miller scheduled tough, it was generally these neutral site games. You know, it was, uh, you know, what was it? Michigan State in Hawaii. Yeah. It was those mm-hmm. games in Vegas. Um, you know, I think I think there was the Gonzaga home and home, but even that might have been at the neutral court in Spokane, which is a neutral court. But yeah, there just weren't many of them. Yeah, and here's the other thing, too. You look at 23-24, Duke's going to be, again, I don't know if John Shire can coach or not, but the one thing that we do know is that John Shire can obviously still recruit because if you look ahead to 2023-2024, Duke's getting all the top players that they basically wanted under Krzyzewski. So there's that. But Arizona, if you look at it, I've always felt that this year coming up is more of a a transition year, I guess, for lack of a better term. I think Arizona is going to be top 25, but I don't think they're a national title contender. If you look at what Arizona could potentially have on paper for 23-24 going into Cameron Indoor Stadium, this could easily, easily, Brad, be a top five matchup similar to when Arizona went into Fog Allen. Absolutely, yeah. I think I mean, that's a great yeah. – and we've seen we've seen a lot of those in, 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 you know, in the loot era. Right. Where they were playing teams that they would play again in the NSA tournament or could have potentially played in the final four. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's absolutely could resemble um, an Elite Eight type matchup, uh, a right. final four type matchup. Um, and I think that's one reason you do it. And I've never quite understood with the way college basketball is, 
why you wouldn't want a few more of these type of games because they don't hurt you. Right. Uh, you know, if you go, if you go, you know, if you're Virginia Tech and you go 17 and 12 and like, hey, we played a tough schedule. Then, but if the difference between 23 and five and 25 and three, if your loss is at Duke and at right, you know, Michigan, you're still a one seed probably. And you have the upside there of potentially having that win on you. Again, like you said, that's the thing that drives me up a wall here. There is really no downside to this. If you're a top 10 program, if you feel that you're going to be competing for a national title, why wouldn't you do more of these? And again, I get that maybe we're in a little, little bit of different era right here, but I grew up watching Arizona playing you know, again, you look at your you look at your Kansases, you look at your always in the great Alaska shootout, wherever that case may be. Arizona was generally there. Um, the preseason NIT. Again, these aren't home and homes. I get that. But you always knew that Arizona was going to have quite a few big time games. And it was to the point where you would have teams like the 95, 96 team that started out the year unranked. And, oh, yeah, we're going to play like six top 10 teams here. We're going to beat them all, and we're going to be number four by the time the third poll comes out. Yeah, I mean, you you could go down the list. I mean, off the top of my head, LSU twice, home and home, Syracuse, right. Providence, Texas, Michigan, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Purdue. Purdue might have been neutral site games. Right, I think um, they were neutral site. Carolina, yeah. uh you, you you go down the list and and Luke didn't even just schedule him. He scheduled him right before Christmas when he knew he'd right. probably lose. Um, but he used it to build focus to be like, right. hey guys, we're not as good as we think we are. And you know, again, the neutral site games are fine, um, but they're not as cool. Right. There's they're something really cool about going into those venues. And again, I went into fog. It was awesome. Right. Uh, I, you know, going to Polly's cool. It's not, it's not as good. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I would love, you know, look at, you know, we give the big 10 a hard time. Look at those big 10 venues on television. Right. Chrysler, when the students are there, Champagne when the students are there, Ohio state, when the students are, those are crazy student sections with a right there on top of you. Some of those are field houses still. It's just a great venue. I mean, I know all these kids want to play in the NBA arena so they can get a taste of it. But uh, that's, again, what makes college basketball so unique. As as college sports tries to more resemble pro sports, they're losing what makes them fun. And what makes it fun is the fact that, you know, Duke, who is arguably the best team in college basketball, plays an 8,000-seat on-campus arena. Right. Fog Allen Fieldhouse, while big, looks like a barn. Inside and out. It's square. Um, you know, between the hedges at Georgia or whatever it is, the big house, those are what are cool. Yeah. You know, playing it playing Alabama, Oregon at Jerry World. Hey, whatever. I get it, but right. I'd much rather see I'd much rather see go into touchdown Jesus. Two two things right here. And uh, Joseph, we're gonna get to your point in a second. Kobe, that's a great point. Uh, I want to play Arkansas in a home and home. The must bus against Tommy Lloyd. Sign me up. Post that on the board, by the way, Kobe. That's a very good point. Okay. Now, Joseph Davis makes a point, and we're going to be even a little bit ahead of you here right here, uh, Joseph. 2024 Duke may make up for not having UCLA, but 2324 is when this starts. So you're going to get UCLA and Duke, my friend, right there. That's what's exciting about this is this isn't one of these things that's nine years down the road like Arizona, Alabama, and football, which – 
I'm glad that one's nine years down the road. But, you know, point still stands, though, right here, Brad, that you've got you could have a pretty nice out of conference schedule right there. Just having Duke and then having a full pack for that last year. Yeah. And again, I think Indiana's on the schedule with one of those neutral site games. So that's at least two blue bloods, whether Indiana's that good or not. I don't know by then. Um, and that could change tomorrow. You you had two recruits overnight and suddenly your whole trajectory changes. But yeah, I mean, you're going to be playing uh, unless it's one of those weird scheduling works at Polly and at Cameron in the same year. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good for college basketball. Speaking of which, if you wanted to bet on that, you'd want to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Brad, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Once or twice. PHNX. All right. Now, but again, Brad's getting a little up there in years, so just sometimes you need to refresh him. Here's the deal. You go in there and you put down a deposit. You can get up to $1,000 in free plays. Basketball and football isn't here right now, but that doesn't mean that you can't bet on UFC. You can't bet against Brad's uh, Kansas City Royals. You can do pretty much whatever you want. 21 and up, though, Arizona only. You got a gambling problem. Again, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. But that's where you want to be, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Brad, this also kind of gets me into the, all this talk with, you know, Arizona, where are they going to be in a couple years? Again, I'm, I've been on record in this. I am, I've been more than okay with making that move to the Big 12. And this Duke home and home only kind of reinforces that just because it'd be so fun to play Kansas year in, year in and year out in Fog Allen. Again, with some other teams, I mean, let's be honest. As long as Scott Drew is at Baylor, they're going to be a national entity. They're going to be a problem. Uh, Kelvin Sampson's obviously older than that, but they're going to be an issue. There's so many more interesting games and a conference that takes it seriously. Yeah, I mean, you look at where Texas Tech is right now. I don't know if that's sustainable, but it's fun right now. Right. Um, you got Huggy Bear in, in West Virginia. You're bringing Cincinnati in, which is a good basketball uh, school traditionally. Um, Oklahoma State's usually pretty good. Uh, yeah, so it could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's it's the teams they brought in from the American Athletic Association – are, uh, are are good basketball schools with really the exception of maybe Central Florida. Right. Uh, so that could make it uh, a lot of fun. Um, I think we're going to know soon. Um, you know, hearing through the grapevine, and I'm not getting it directly from anybody. Brad, that's just you being modest. But right apparently there. Robbins is being aggressive. Robbins is not going to get left behind. And frankly, Robbins has told people or supposedly told people, that there's no loyalty anymore. It's Arizona first. Uh, he's, back the, he's back in the A, Mike. He's back um, in the A to the end. And that could mean the four corners schools. That could mean six pack 10 schools. That could mean some combination of three of the four corner schools. I know the rumblings are that no one knows what Crow is thinking. So ASU has been hard to deal with. Right. Um, I've even heard that maybe there's been conversations with non-Pac-10 schools to make an even number to jump. Right. Um, you know, whether that's a, I don't know, San Diego State or Memphis, I don't know. But my guess is that Arizona wants to position itself in a position of power, not a wait and see. Um, I've heard, yeah, I mean, because Arizona can basically say, if ESPN's negotiating with the Pac-12 and Arizona's like, we're not there, suddenly the Pac-9's not getting a TV deal. Isn't it also uh, isn't it also fun though to have a president that and again uh, 
Robbins gets beat up a lot by people. But isn't it fun in a situation like this to have a president that you know absolutely does care about the well-being of an athletic program as opposed to some of the academics that – and, you know, sports is kind of a pass. Sports is kind of off to the side. It doesn't really matter too much. Look at where Cal sits right now. Cal, yeah. who is in a major market. Right. Who doesn't care about athletics very much. Right. Are going to get left behind if there's a, an exodus. The fact that a team from the Bay Area is seen as less desirable than the team from Tucson, Arizona, uh, just shows you. And again, don't discount Robin's ties to Texas. Right. The state of Texas. Um. And don't think he's not utilizing that. Again, did I love how he interjected himself in some of the hires? Not initially, but they're maybe looking a little smarter. Kevin Sumlin notwithstanding. Right, right. right. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. But I I think in the past, Arizona would have been just happy to be there. And I don't think they are now. And again, they're, they – let themselves get bullied by USC and UCLA for years. And that's how right. the Pac-12 was. They're not going to let themselves be bullied by Oregon, Washington. Nor should they. And the thing about it that I've never <laughs> understood is since this breakup has occurred in the Pac-12, why, how long-term, I just don't see how it's feasible that the Pac-12 can stay together as a strong entity if you do not have the LA schools, if you do not have the market cornered on, let's be honest here, the two schools that really matter. It's not the same if you bring in San Diego State or SMU or, you know, whatever it may be. This program or this whatever they sign is going to be a band-aid approach if they try to just string this along. I just don't believe that the Pac-12 can survive without those two schools. I mean, they can survive, but it was already slipping. Right. And and again, UCLA, as much as we love Arizona basketball, UCLA is still the name brand in, in college basketball on the West Coast. Right. And, and and will be until someone gets four or five championships. Right. Um, USC football is USC football. I don't – I mean, in reality, wouldn't we all kill to be Washington – that's at school with what one national championship and right. and played for two more mm-hmm. and but they're not USC. Right. Oregon, as much as they've been the 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 banner team the last what decade? Right. They're not USC. Um USC is USC until LA falls in the ocean, frankly. Right. I mean, USC had a bunch of six and five years under Hackett under uh, Clay Helton, it doesn't matter. They're still USC. They're still USC, and they're still always, and our good friend Anthony Gimino always makes the point that it's all about the coach. USC is always the program that if you get a good coach in there, you're going to win. Like, that's why, again, Lincoln Riley, I don't think it, he's certainly not Nick Saban, but Lincoln Riley is the first big-time coach that they've had at USC, and I expect USC to be much better as a result of it. Yeah, I mean, anyone can coach USC – but anyone can't coach USC to a national title. And while I have some reservations about Lincoln Riley, I mean, again, here's a guy who's never even gone undefeated in the Big 12. Uh, he's an upgrade over Clay Helton and uh, Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin. A- Lane Kiffin, anyone since you know Pete Carroll. Right. Um, and, and then Pete Carroll was the surprise hire. We're right. hoping Jed Fish is, is, is Pete Carroll part 2.0. But, yeah, until – so can adding other programs? Sure, it can help. And sure, the Pac-12 can remain better than the Mountain West. But without USC and UCLA, their best hope is the fifth best conference, unless they have a full-on merger. 
and they're not merging right now with the Big 12, and they're not going to merge with the ACC in the next two or three years. And the and that merger, I, I think people are getting the points a little bit uh, skewed here. Like people think that Arizona possibly going into another conference is dead now because of this. I never thought a merger was a good idea, really, for any. Because if you're the Big Twelve, let's be honest here. Why do you want Oregon State? Why do you want Washington State? Why do you want Cal? I mean, there's a lot of different teams that it doesn't really even behoove you to want those. I mean, it's not the SEC didn't go to the uh, Big Twelve and say let's merge. They tried to get their best teams that they found most advantageous. Again, I think if the Big 12 could absorb the the four corners schools in Washington, Oregon, they'll they'll do it. Right. Um frankly, any combination, you know, would they take Stanford probably, although again, Stanford for being in a major market, the Bay Area doesn't care about right. college sports. Um I had argued to a lesser extent Phoenix doesn't care about college sports except you have a two-headed monster in the state because there's a lot of Arizona alums up there who do care about college sports. And that's one reason I've seen some of the national guys lump Arizona and ASU as the Phoenix market. Because when you look at it, there are more eyes in the Phoenix market on Arizona basketball than on ASU basketball. I believe that's also true of softball, baseball. And again, that's a drop in the bucket. But as these people who are bidding out there, and I keep seeing NBC and CBS, but don't discount Amazon. Don't discount Apple. They want content for these streaming services, and they want live content. And if you know you're going to get 25,000 people watching a women's college basketball game because it's Arizona, you, you're going to that, that, that has some value. Again, football is the king, and Arizona lacks in football overall. But as people are trying to build up college basketball, um, Arizona is very attractive. Joseph, I totally agree with you. I would be more than okay with going to the Big 12 without ASU, leaving them back here. We go in with Utah, say, see you later. We don't need that anchor with us anymore. Honestly, and again, I've heard scenarios, I don't know how true this is, that it could be Arizona, Utah, Colorado, San Diego State, or or SMU. Right. Um, Because again, if the Board of Regents lets Arizona jump, they have no loyalty. And again, a lot of people don't want to work with Crow because right. they don't understand his mindset for a lot of this stuff. Whether it was the, uh, you know, the CEO approach to to football or some of the other hires. I mean, coaches are leaving that school in droves right now. Um, you know, and again, his backing of Larry Scott's initiatives to the Pacific yeah, Rim. Yeah, the very end. Um. So, yeah, you got to look at it that, again, in, in Arizona, from a streaming standpoint, I believe Arizona had more eyes on, on a lot of their programs than anyone else in the Pac-12. It's a small number w- when compared to Texas or, or Oklahoma, but it's still a very loyal fan base. That's a tech-savvy fan base. Right. Let's talk a little recruiting coming up here next because we got some good stuff to talk about. But for always – DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you could bet on recruiting, I don't think you can, but if you could be, it would be at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. That's how diverse they are. Everything you want, props, in-game, out-of-game, pretty much everything. Here's the only thing. You got to be 21 and up, Arizona only. You got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. But that is the place that you want to be at right there, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you were like uh, if you were like me or William and thought Arizona might be a little bit better than expectations last year, 
you could have hopped on there and you would have made a little bit of money. So again, check it out. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. And Mike, right. we're just a few weeks away from NFL games. I know. We are, dude. We're that's so awesome. close. Another reason to be on there. Make sure it happens. Let's talk a little recruiting here before we sign off. Um, so Kwame Evans Jr., top five big man in the country out of Florida. By all accounts, he is a heavy Arizona lean right now. He is a top five player in the class. You're looking at a 22-23 class that if you include Kylan Boswell in that, you're also, uh, along with K.J. Lewis, possibly Cody Williams, Kwame Evans Jr., that could compete for one of the top two or three spots in the country, which is also remarkable when you think that just, you know, a couple months ago, people were wondering if Tommy Lloyd could recruit. Yeah, and, and, and Evans seems like a good fit. Right. And, and I say this, um, again, one of the knocks I think we all had on Sean Miller was he brought in guys who didn't fit. Right. Tommy Evans appears to, to fit. Um, he's also intriguing because he's a legit top five, top 10 guy. Right. But at six, nine, he's not a guarantee to be a one and done. Right. Um, again, because he's not super, he's not physically imposing per se. So he's not going to come in and be like that Paolo Bancaro where you're averaging 19 and 10 and you're like, well, it's a good time to get off to the league. Well, he, and he may have to showcase more perimeter skills that take longer to develop. I haven't seen enough of him to know where he's at from that regard. But again, is he probably one and done? Probably, but not a guarantee. Um, so again, I don't think he comes in and disrupts the the locker room. And that's the key thing that I think we're trying to see with uh, Coach Lloyd is he's looking for fits on and off the court. Uh, guys who aren't going to come in and pull, you know, and he never even showed up here, but Indy Eby, who right. was bragging that I'm going to get 25 shots a game and, and the guys just shook their head. Um, you know, a guys, guys who don't want to play an aspect of the team game, like, like kind of Trier could do. Right. Um, so that's the key. And again, when you fit him in and, and, you know, you mentioned Boswell, I'd even mention uh, our, our, our boy, Philly B uh, mm -hmm. as a guy who uh, is really recruited for the future. Uh, and so, yeah, suddenly you could have in, in essence, a three-man class that's really a five-man class. Right. Um, and that that stacks up with everyone. And when the smoke clears, four of them are coming back for another year. What I like, too, about Lloyd is that, and I, I think it's going to bear, I thought it was a little weird at first, but I think it's going to bear out here as we uh, go further in. He only recruits who he thinks he can 100% get. So he's going to 100% prioritize these guys. And so far, so good. I mean, if he ends up with that 23-24 class right there, those were all priorities right there, and those were all kids that he ended up getting. You know, you, there's only so much time in the day to recruit, especially when you are recruiting on two, three, maybe three continents. Right. Um, you know, no, no knock on Josh Passon, but there were a lot of times he was chasing his tail trying to get five-star guys right. who were never coming to Arizona. Right. So why bother? It looked good on recruiting rankings. Um, you know, it looks good if you can get them, you know, and even under Miller, they got brought a lot of guys in on unofficial visits who were never coming. Um, and that's one thing I hate to say it, that led to the downfall of book, the and pressure to add guys who were already in bed with the rival shoe company, but you got to go get them. You got to go get them. Cause Miller's putting pressure on you. Go get guys, you know, you can get. And if, and I kind of like the idea 
and I, I hope they make more of it on social media, the Arizona offer, how right. rare it's going to be. That well, if was, you get the Arizona offer, I'd come up with some cool graphic that looks like like a gold. It's uh, like a boom. Yeah. So yeah. you've got the you got the Arizona offer because Kentucky's done that branded right. it that way. Duke to a lesser extent, there's an extra weight to it than those schools that throw out 150 offers, uh, and it has no weight because half of them aren't committable anyways. Right. And I always like too that uh, I will uh, Carter Bryant. I think is a pretty good example here. Kid at 2024. Uh, talking with him up in Phoenix a little bit. And he was at, well, I asked him about the Arizona offer and he said, that's a huge deal. He said, they don't offer a lot of people. So that's something that you certainly got to take into account there. So again, look at how many guys fans assumed Arizona had offered who didn't at that Phoenix tournament, the Glendale tournament. Uh, I think they finally did offer zoom Diallo, but Mm -hmm. Miller would offer zoom Diallo three months ago. And and then if zoom tried to, Commit, even like, eh, hey, we're not ready yet. We're not ready. Yet, um, right. I much rather have the, hey, we want you. This is a committable offer. We will take you right now and drop everyone else. Right. I love that. I love that approach. And, and Luke did the similar thing. You know, he was a little, I won't say loosey goosey with offers, but basically it was like, I'm going to hand out three offers today. The first guy who wants it has it. Mm-hmm. And that and, could be, and if you're Jimmy Haywood or you're Gilbert Arenas, it doesn't matter. You're going to be taking one of those too. Yeah, if you're Kyle Cartmill or right, I mean, I mean, it uh, just, just depends on how you want to look and, at it. And if you're Ricky Anderson and you decide to take the visit to Missouri, you better hope and pray that Luke takes you because they, you know, they dropped him for a while. People you better hope that. that connection with your dad is very close. And, and so, luckily for Arizona, it was. But it was. yeah. Oh. All right, Brad, before we sign off here, uh, Dalen, we've talked a lot about Dalen Terry here. Dalen Terry had a huge uh, last summer league game, 30 and uh, uh, 20 plus points, um, putting in five rebounds, five assists. Ben Matherin obviously played well as well. What do you look for just looking ahead? And again, this, you know, nobody's, uh, this is a tough thing to do. What do you, what kind of pro careers do you look for out of the three guys in the NBA summer league right now? I want to see if Matherin can become a superstar. Hmm. Uh, right. what, gonna what is his peak? What is his peak? Is it top yeah. 20? Is it top 30? Um, I think uh, Dallin Terry is going to play a long time in the league. Mm, I don't right. know if he'll ever average more than nine points a game. Right. But he's going to play until the game evolves again. As long as they, it's a three and D league. Right. He's got a role. He's what? Trevor Ariza. It, at uh, least. At least. Yeah. Corey Brewer. Yeah. Those guys who play forever. Right. I think Coloco has a nice career, but I think, you know, I think he plays five to seven years. Right. And then. Kind of want, kind of drifts. There's a younger, better version of what he does. Now he's in the perfect situation in Toronto. He'll make enough money to change his life. Um, But he's probably, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's Bismarck Biombo. He's going to play for four or five different teams. And then, yeah, one day the spring and the legs might not be there and, and his career is done. No shame in that. Um, and then if he develops an outside shot, if he develops a more rounded offensive game, maybe he sticks around. But I think all three guys certainly proved that they made the right decision to go where they went. All right. Doza says Richard Jefferson, poss- uh, Richard Jefferson to referee our red blue game. I don't know if that just broke or not, but I like that idea right there. No, that's a great idea. Even though he did not exactly do a great job. He really he, did it. But... It's, it's the red blue game. You mic him up, right. you get, you get that game. Suddenly there's going to be highlights on ESPN. 
Right. Um, there's going to be highlights on other shows because, again, Richard's so – yeah, I'd love to get – honestly, let's get Richard and Gil I and get them you, arguing on the, on the court during that game. I was at the game, and obviously people didn't know who he was at the time. Richard Jefferson, his junior year, came to Saguaro High School to play on his Moon Valley team against uh, um, Ivory Price, a guy at uh, Saguaro who was very good, and – they walked out of there with the lost Moon Valley. So, again, the first time I ever saw Richard Jefferson, he went into our alma mater, and he came out of there with an L, Brad Alice. Uh, ironically, the first time, and I was sort of working for Cat Tracks at the time. First time I saw Richard Jefferson was in an ep- issue of Sports Illustrated. He blew up. Oh, and he was on this. And you know who was on the cover of that? I don't I, remember. I still have it. Steve Young. Oh, wow. Okay. So, right. and then, yeah, then with the irony is within what two years I was at the indie right. uh, thing covering it. I was out of, I wasn't in the media yet at that time, but um, yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I saw Bibby play South points uh, summer mm-hmm. league team in a, in a gym with no AC in Phoenix. Right. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, who was uh, the guy, you know, Co- good old cotton playing at a gym when, mm-hmm. when I think it was Rob Lance goes, I think this guy can play D one ball. This, right, uh, right. Uh, Kelvin's boy. I saw right. him playing for Amphi, and I'm like on my phone texting right. coaches. Like, this does anyone know about him? Yeah, right. He might be play. short, but he can ball. So for yeah, sure. it's you never know when you're gonna gonna find right. somebody. That's that's the one right. thing I do miss from covering recruiting is when you wind up in the wrong gym, and all of a sudden there's a kid there you've never heard of, right? And next thing you know, two years later, he's in the league. So. That's the one thing I do miss. I don't miss hot dog dinners in my car in Vegas oh. after 44 hours of basketball. Oh, the, wor- the worst, because I still have to do that from time to time or where you're getting jack in the box or whatever, and you're sitting in your car because you've been in there for 12 hours doing it. But um, all right, before we sign off here, Brad, um, for everybody out there, a little programming note, I'm going to be uh, filling in on uh, the Spears and Ali show uh, 1490 today from three to four. And then the other three days, it'll be three to six. Our good pal, Kevin Woodman, will be coming on today. Kev going to be back on the airwaves. Brad's going to be on later in the week. AG, pretty much all of the uh, all the Tucson names that you're familiar with. So really looking forward to that. Brad, you've got some stuff going on as well. So why don't you fill them in? Yeah, you know, the podcast is back up, trying to get that two or three times a week. Now that I have a quiet house once again, uh, I will be again. I think I'm doing the show Wednesday or Thursday with you for mm-hmm. a, a segment. And I'll be on uh, 1450 today after Mike's show. We're not competitors on with Jay and uh, Steve Rivera. And apparently I'm coming on after Jim Live and Goods. So oh, wow. um, I'm like the fourth billing on that show today. Oh, But you know what, Brad? You're the first billing in our view, though, buddy. Sweet. Yeah. So if you if you like me. You're getting a lot of me today. If you don't like me, I'm sorry. That's tough. We love Brad right here. But Brad, thanks so much again for hopping on. We'll do this every Tuesday, and uh, I will be talking with you soon. Sounds good, man. All right. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.